Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Online Darts, the world championship daily we are back for another pod and we're actually recording this at a sensible hour tonight phil bars joined by jack gobby garwin and dan simpson today gentlemen how are we very well yeah not a bad day actually not not quite the excitement that yesterday had but yeah it was, it's been a good day hasn't it not bad either recording this from the sanctum of a tier two venue i feel quite smug saying that not gonna lie um I'm off for a substantial meal at some point in the next few days. Um, but yeah, good day darts again. Uh, lots of news, lots of stories. Um, and uh, yet again, more for us to talk about. Yeah, I suppose the, the first talking point isn't even on the dartboard. It was the news that broke. We kind of knew yesterday something was going on. I'll, we'll fill you in on that in a minute. But the first failed COVID test with the big Dutchman, Martin Kleermacher, testing positive. And then his replacement, Josh Payne, passed his test but then was been in contact with someone that had tested positive so we actually had a bite just a strange turn of events and you have to feel for both clear macker and pain in all this gob yeah look no one could have predicted though that sequence of events to happen and i get there's a lot of people going well why weren't there more backups available and that sort of thing but with the timing you have to be in the venue a certain amount of time before pass the covid test it's not fair to make three or four people go and sit in a hotel for two weeks at the rate that it costs for the rooms for the potential chance of them to play a game, but potential chance of them to not get called up at all. Yeah, <laughs> massively. And I will touch on the point that we knew something was going on yesterday because a spy had told me that <laughs> they'd seen Josh Payne checking into the hotel. So I knew that something w- w- was awry won't name their names, but they're much appreciated. Um, but yeah, look, it's just, just one of those things. So there was only 
seven games today, so we're, we get an early finish and we're recording this at a sensible hour. Um, Dan, you obviously blogged the afternoon session. Enjoyed it? Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I, it, was, it was. I think I, I like the idea of talking and nobody else being able to talk back to me. So the idea that I could just go on an endless stream of, of commentary for the evening was... Uh, was, was was quite enjoyable, but I thought, you know, was, I, I was blessed with it with with some interesting. I'm not, I'm not going to say particularly exciting, but you know, interesting games. There was some there was some good stuff in there. Um, there was some not so good stuff, but yeah, it was a good, it was a good evening and thoroughly enjoyed the process. Looking forward to doing it again. Happy days. Well, let's crack straight on. There were some interesting lines from players, but we'll go. Oh, where should we start? I say where we're going to start. We're going to start with the big Dutchman, Vincent van der Voort. The other big Dutchman, the one that actually got to play. Yeah, Vincent van der Voort. <laughs> what a game and some interesting comments from our Vincent. Um, Found himself 2-0 down. He was playing some good stuff, but that first period of the game, Dan, Ron Muirenkamp couldn't miss. No, and, and that... I think Van der Voort, he didn't play particularly badly at all. You know, certainly the first, you know, the first few sets, or first couple of sets at least. But he was just, he just couldn't get to the level that Mullenkamp was at. And, and 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 for a spell, looked like he was just going to run away with the game, to be honest. Um, I, I, I'd almost sort of resign myself watching it, thinking like it's going to be, a, you know, a bit of an upset, seed going home, 2-0 up, and it, and, and, it, and it looked to be done for. And, I mean, I think I think he, you know, experience dug out really there. I think he, you know, he, he did. He's been in that position before. He, he was able to sort of settle himself, and, and I think sometimes he can go one way or the other, sort of loses loses composure a bit, loses temper, and he, and he didn't today. Um, he, he he seemed to get his composure, start to hit the doubles. His average was really good, and, and just ground the game out. Yeah, God, when he won six legs on the spin, Camp missed seven darts in a row at a double across those legs, couldn't buy one, and you felt the tide had turned at that point. Yeah, Vincent's, Vincent's a sort of player that if he gets on a run, you have to stop him early because he is a bit of a juggernaut. He, he can just take it away from you because of the pace of the game that he plays at. If he hits a confidence spell and starts picking up legs, it's very difficult to stop him from winning any more legs. So you have to do that quickly. Obviously, Ron failed to do that. It allowed... Vincent back into the game massively and then as Dan said the experience told in that final set yeah and look I think a lot of us tipped Vincent to have a good run here and he's overcome a fairly big hurdle um, we're going to hear from the big Dutchman now and then we'll we'll come back to him so here's Vincent's press conference after his victory Vincent huge congratulations you've had to dig very deep there coming from two sets behind to win must be over the moon Oh, definitely. I mean, um, I think I was, I wasn't playing that bad, but he was finishing everything off, and he, he uh, yeah, he put me in a difficult position. But I thought, keep on going, and you know, uh, we, we, I mean, I'm in the game for 30 years. I know that set system can change easily, so I thought just win your own set and then see what happens. Second set when he took out the one four four, were you thinking this is going to be one of those days? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, that was an amazing finish. He, he was shouting, and then, but I, uh, for some reason, I I, uh, I know the reason, but I didn't feel like I was in the world championship. Right, it was just an, a, a tournament, and I thought uh, I, I tried to to get that feeling, but I, it wasn't there today, and. and uh, so I, I can only blame myself for that. And I was not sharp. I was not... And maybe he surprised me a little bit. 
bar is form. So, yeah, I got lucky in here. When you won six legs on the spin and he started missing doubles, did you think you had your man then? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, in, you know, in the set system, if you come back, it's, it's really easy to turn a match around. And that was it. But I, what I said, I didn't have that world championship feeling here. I was just playing and I thought, it's, this is the, 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 the winter, winter series. <laughs> Was it a difficult morning away from darts with all the news that's, that's going on about travel restrictions in and out of the UK? Because obviously you were planning to go home for Christmas. Now, can you go home and was that plan on your mind? Oh, definitely. I mean, I woke up and the first text I saw was from Jason Tame and he said, your flight's been cancelled tonight because I was flying out tonight. And I was planning on coming back 26 or something and, and, and now uh, then I just heard the train is not going, so... It looks like I'm stuck here on this, oh, I say, beautiful island. <laughs> Is that difficult being away from your family at this time, around Christmas time and stuff like that? I don't get sentimental like that. <laughs> I don't care about Christmas. I don't care about that stuff, kind of stuff. But eight days in this hotel and, and just being here is just not ideal. How do you escape that? Is it hard to forget it, or will you just do some practicing in the hotel in between? Oh, definitely. I will be practicing my ass off, really, and just just to be better next round. I've, I think I, I'm, my form is all right, but I, you have to get that feeling that you're playing in the World Championship. I was just feeling like I was playing any tournament in the world. It just it, it wasn't there. So he was shouting and, and he was just getting pumped up, and I was just just throwing darts. Last one for me. Your little quarter of the draw. You've been tipped the form you're in to have a really good run. Do you feel there's a good run within you? It's up to you guys, man. I don't really care. I'm, you, you know me, I'm, I'm just playing darts with it. And if, I'm, if, if it clicks on the day, I can beat anybody in the world. But if, if not, I can lose to anybody in the world as well. So Congratulations, thank you very much, mate. Thank you very much, man. Vincent, is it sometimes a, a good thing to be tested so early on, especially the SFI Alliance one? No. No. I'd rather win 3 0. I mean, next match is in seven, eight days, so don't want to be tested now. It's just just waste of energy. Are there any positives you can take from being able to stay here over Christmas that you maybe will get more practice than any more consistency? Um, you have to look at it that way, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have to get over the fact now that I'm not going home. So in the beginning, it's going to be uh, not very positive, but after that, I have to make the better of it. I mean, this is the World Championship, so there's no excuse. You have to go or not. And if you go home and, and you try to do anything and you got, get COVID or anything, then you're only one to blame. So I have to stay now, and, that, and that's it. Same shit, same crap. It's just, it's, it is what it is, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not a really big fan of England, man, but uh, another eight days I will survive, no problem. Some interesting words from, from Vincent. He wasn't <laughs> a happy bunny, was he? And yes, I did have to cut some of the interview out for those. <laughs> there might have been um, a, a few expletives um, in there, but not a happy boy, gentlemen, was he? Standard Vincent, isn't it? 
it's all well and good us wanting him in the Premier League just because he's he's going to chuck us a line or two, but he doesn't have to make us work for them edits. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, but you can look. I feel for him in this situation to wake up on the day you played. So I'm basically imagine saying you can't get home. Yeah, look, I don't think anybody saw this coming. Although I don't know why we're surprised that trying to run a, a major tournament in this country at the moment with the government that we have is going terribly. I'm really not sure why we're surprised about this at all. Um, I feel sorry for all the players that aren't based within the UK. And to be fair, to an extent, even the players that are based in the UK, because with what's happened now, they have a massive decision to make about the risk of going home between days. Yeah, two of like, the Two of the players are quite vocal on that, which we'll touch on. But yeah, I, I, I agree that, that the, the UK-based players have got a huge decision to make. I mean, the European ones, it's basically been taken out of their hands. Sorry, guys. you are If you want to contend in this World Championship, unfortunately, you do have to stay in this country. But the guys in the UK, if they take that risk, go home, pick it up from someone, as or come in contact with somebody that's got it, like Josh Payne has, that rules them out, they'll be absolutely devastated. That, and I that, know at the end of such a poor year, all anybody wants is Christmas. We, we were promised it by the government. We've been set up for this for months and it's almost been dashed away from us again at the last minute. But all anybody wants to round off this absolutely poxy year is to have that this time of year together. And it's just failing again. I feel so bad for the players. That you, 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 had, you were right dead there as well on the... Um... The, the risk of, of them travelling back because you know obviously staying staying within the bubble is, is is as controlled as it can be. But like like you said, like Josh Payne, as soon as you come out of that bubble and you go home, you know, with the best will in the world, you, you can only control so much. And 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 again, it could just be somebody, you know, your wife, you, your wife, your partner, your 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 son, your daughter, you know, the, the, these guys, you know, they, they've all got families and, and a lot of them have got kids. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be anything they, you know, they, they they've done or where they've been. You know, the child comes back from the childminder, and all of a sudden you're out of the world championship. So it's a it's it's a really difficult choice, and there's so many different sort of banana skins that can drop in there that to to, to scupper things, isn't it? hundred percent, and we're we're talking about a lot of money now as well, aren't we? It is the thing. It's, it's, we're not talking about little amounts of money. We're talking fifteen grand and upwards. That's massive. Does a lot bit funny. You make round three. You you've earned more than what I do in a year for three days' work. I know you have to qualify and all that. And it is the build up of the year, but it's a massive amount of money that that sets you up basically for the next year as a professional dart player. And and the difficult thing is as well, and the the honest sort of brutality of it is that there are going to be there are going to be guys there that are weighing up exactly that decision. You know, they're, they're going to be making that call of do I have Christmas at home with the kids and the family, or do I or do I or do I have the opportunity for that amount of money? And that's that's effectively the decision, isn't it? That's that's what they've got to do. Yeah, well, obviously as well, the the story come out whilst whilst we were there that Michael Van Gerwen drove home this morning because everything was was fine. He was at home for two hours and basically repacked the car and drove home. Sorry, drove back to the UK because there was fears that if he didn't, he wouldn't get back in the country. Yeah, he, he's literally just tweeted four minutes ago as well, saying that he's back here, his, his family are disappointed, but they understand why and they've sent him here with good wishes. And, and like we just said, a lot of players are going to be in a similar situation. I think 
it's just horrid. It's a tough time, but to some extent, these are the sacrifices you have to make as a professional sportsman. That's that's the line you've got to draw. I think if anybody was uncertain as to the intention of Michael Van Gogh in this year and whether or not he was, you know, fully in the right mind space to 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 take the title, I think that's shown that his brain's exactly where it should and needs to be for for sporting purposes. you know, it, it doesn't seem like he's particularly, you know, he's dwelled on that decision. He, he's known what he needs to do to come and win that title. And he's done it, hasn't he? 100% he's come to win that title. And that is fairly obvious for everyone to see. But that is his best mate, Vincent Mandevort. Not safely through, but through, um, shall we say. Um, next one, we're going to go to Matthew Edgar winning his first game at the World Championship. It's been heartbreak for Edgar TV, but he beats Mike Covenhausen 3-0. And Dan, it was a game that he was never in any danger, really. Mike Covenhausen didn't really turn up today, did he? No, it, and, and, you know, I, you can look at the... I mean, Edgar's che- 75% checkouts, 9 out of 12. Like, you're going you're gonna to do well against anybody with, 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 with that sort of checkout rate. Um, but he didn't have a lot... To, to play against today, Edgar. You know, he, he did he did what he needed to do. It was a professional performance, but he didn't you know, he didn't set the world alight with his average. But he, he did he did enough. Um, but again, he was never really under pressure. I mean, I put I think some of the reasons why his, his checkouts were were probably so good that that nine out of twelve at seventy five percent is is possible because he wasn't under pressure. Like he he was never he wasn't he wasn't pushed hard at all. Um, you know. Yeah, I think he did really well though. I, I really like Matthew Edgar, and I, I was over the moon to see him to win a match. I think he's good value and he's good entertainment. You know, when we're lacking a bit of that at the moment, and we're lacking a crowd, and we need someone to come on and just g things up a little bit, I think he does a good job of it. And I was really pleased to see him get the win. Yeah, God, big result that potentially for his tour card as well. Yeah, especially with. Uh, a couple of results that have gone so far and the unfortunate of Clearmacker coming out. It, I think it all but virtually seals his tour card now. He might he might be one more game away, uh, but he was already one of the players holding down that spot and I, I just don't see the the level of the number of players that need to come through from round one. I haven't looked at the results exactly, but I think it puts him pretty close to keeping it now. It won't be mathematical yet, but it would be highly unlikely that yeah. um, he, he loses his tour card now and his, his doubling percentage was the reason for that today. He was fantastic on the outer ring, double 16 in particular. Yeah, no, 100%. So the Edgar Nation rolls through. Now to Ryan Searle against Jeffrey Desjuan. What a peculiar game. You look at the scoreline, it says Ryan Searle 3, Jeffrey Desjuan 0. But Jeffrey Desjuan's hit nine maximums in 13 legs, averaged nearly a tonne and got whooped. What a sport we're talking about here. Did not see this coming at all. I expect this to be much closer. And all right, after Searle's performance earlier in the week, it, it wasn't a massive shock that he beat Jeffrey. I thought these two went off pretty much evens, if I'm being honest. Um, but to, to win that 3 0, so is that magic word? It was timing. Every single time Jeffrey missed, Searle punished. And it was just brutal. Yeah, that 130 was just. was. I think you could see it in Jeffrey's face as soon as that one thirty went in. You sort of think, you know, what what am I going to have to do? Because you're right, you know, his average was right up there. Um, 
you know, nine one eighties, but but he's what did he hit four four out of sixteen, twenty twenty five percent doubles. Um that was the difference again, like like the last you know, doubles again, just the difference, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. When you look at Sir, he's only averaged nearly ninety three, ninety two, seven two to Jeffrey's ninety eight point two and just pure and out of timing. And that's become a feature of Ryan Searle's game, not just in this one, but, but in general, he seems to pick out big finishes when it matters, Dan. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, exactly. And that's why, I mean, that, to be completely honest, that's why I picked him as my outsider to do a bit in the in the competition. So I, I was quite pleased that... I yeah, been... just drop that in on your first pod. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> my, my, other, my other picks embarrassed me a little bit this week. So I'm going to have to nail this one to the wall, aren't I? Like, I'm, I'm going to have to push this one. Um, so I, you know, I had that three nil all day long, but no, I just, yeah, he did, he, he did tremendously well, and that was it. His timing, his timing was great. I mean, you know, in three, three nil, at first you think, well, it's three nil a bit flattering when you look at, you know, when you look at the averages, and you think, oh, you know, he won, he won nine, nine legs to four. Um, you know, Jeffrey only took four legs off him in the game, so he's, he's you know, it, it's, it's not like each set he was. You know, he was he was scrapping and grinding out. You know, he's put in a comfortable performance. Um, you know, he's taken his chances and he, he did what he needed to do at, at the right time. And and it's just you know, yeah, it was a professional performance. It's got him where he needs to be, hasn't it? Yeah, no, hundred percent. And it's going to take. I'm not going to say Ryan Sell's going to go on and win, but to beat him, someone's going to have to play well. Gob. Yeah, he's not one that will just lie down on you. Even at the start of this match, I generally think that his average only looks as bad as it is because he, he had the odd loose start. And I think that comes with, A, the fact he can't see. B, I'm not sold on his stance. I think he leans slightly too much for me. Um, and C, just the pure weight of his dart. They're well heavy. And that just means you're going to get a little bit more deviation, in my opinion, because he's a bit of a floaty thrower. If he was more forceful through the throw, less deviation. But because he's quite loopy with the 32 grams, it just means that they're going to move offline. And if you get it millimetres offline, the weight of it is just going to carry it further and further across. So he, that bad dart gives you opportunity against him. But his scoring power is fantastic and his timing and his finishing have been so good so far that it will take a good performance to beat him. No, definitely. Another one we're going to go to, you look at the scoreline and it says 3-0, but Again, a game that just the scoreline doesn't reflect on this. Keegan Brand beating Ryan Meikle 3-0. And again, Ryan Meikle's averaged nearly 97 and lost by three sets to nil. And just an absolute baffling game where Keegan Brand, again, played solid, but Meikle, very harsh scoreline on him, Dan. Yeah, again, and I, and I, I said in the, in the blog, I think, you know, 3-0 definitely flatters. You know, right, Ryan Meikle, like, he gave a really good account of himself, and and you know, he performed well. He did, you know, he he did what on most days would be enough to make that a really competitive match against Keegan Brown, and 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 I think you know, it, it's timing again. You know, Keegan Brown did did he threw the right darts and he threw the checkouts where you know where they needed. There was a couple of little little moments where. Um, uh, Michael missed. He missed the ball for one, two, one, uh, and I think if he if he took that out, I think then we maybe had a different game. Um, and I think I think he could have you know got on a bit, and, and if it had knocked Keegan off his floor a little bit, but it it didn't, um, and it didn't go that way. And Keegan just remained comfortable, and I I think Keegan 
was able a bit like Ryan so just put a you know a professional performance without really setting the world alight or doing anything too stunning. Um the one two six check out was good but there wasn't a lot of that. You know there wasn't it wasn't a game filled with highlight real moments and, and three three nil I think is a bit flattering. Yeah God Brian Meekle's making a habit of this that he's finding a way to, to lose good games. Yeah, and there's a few players on tour like that as well. And they almost just need the one or two results to go their way for the tide to turn. But I suppose that's that's sport, isn't it? You can drop these performances in. We had Jamie Hughes on the Euro Tour a couple of years ago where he couldn't get past the second round, but he was throwing ton pluses every week for fun. And the minute the tide turned, he went on to win an event. So it happens. Meikle's still young enough to be able to put that right but you don't want it to become a habit too much. We just said it is a little bit of a habit, but winning becomes a habit as much as losing becomes a habit. And if you get stuck in a rut of losing those games, you can take a knock, especially when you're playing as well as he is. If you can't get over the line when you're playing well, you start getting to the habit of not getting over the line when you're playing badly, and then you can't get over the line at all. So he does need one or two just to go his way. Yeah, no, definitely. But he he, he will come again. There's no question about that. Going to go dipping... Back in to the afternoon session. And Gob, I know this is a personal favourite of yours. Forget the um the result, but Dimitri Gorbanos walk on will live long in the memory. Oh, my hero. I'll tell you what, we need more entertainers like Dimitri Gorbanov. I don't think I've ever seen anyone else sing along to their walk on and know all the words. And yes, that is a gig at Daryl Gurney, but I'm not the lyrics. Absolutely grinds my gears. But Gorbanov was fantastic. He was very entertaining. Um, I thought he was very unlucky to be down and trailing in the match as he was. He, he missed a shed load of doubles. So whether that's luck or, or just bad play, you make the decision. But um, definitely deserved this set. Was was good value for it. But Jason Lowe gets over the line without doing anything too impressive. Yeah, like, it wasn't... A, a great game, but like we say, the walk-on was probably the the, the, the highlight of well, maybe one of the highlights of the day, if I'm being honest. I loved every minute of it. To, um, to, to be fair, um, right, we're going to jump back into the evening session. His one four one wasn't bad either. That's like that. He wasn't quite up there with his. He wasn't quite up there with his walk-on, but his one four one was decent. I was about to say, I would but... never ever recommend that route. Really? Bonkers. That's the that's the that's the beauty. <laughs> And and the, so he did, but that if I remember rightly, he took he took one four one and one sixteen in the set that he took, and 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 when that started, I, I thought, oh, he's like he's he's almost going to sort of come alive. I thought he's going to start dancing. He's going to just like run away with it. And it's almost like he'd like done his load. Like that was it. He had nothing left after that. Um, and sort of went back into his shelling after that. I hope I, I'd hoped it would kickstart something and and, it, and he'd really step up, but unfortunately it didn't. Yeah, and where did he pull it from as well? Because he didn't look like. Catching his dinner, let alone <laughs> that, <laughs> just came, came from nowhere, didn't he? you know? And, and he wasn't, you know, he, 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 that was the problem. It was a moment of, it was a moment of sort of greatness amongst a very average performance, and that, and that, you know, that's never going to get you through against a player like Law that will just be able to maintain a, you know, and what what he did was, you know, he maintained a steady pace and a decent level throughout the game that there's. You know, against against a player that's peaking and troughing, he's always just probably just going to grind and win out in the end. Yeah, no, d- definitely. 
Right, moving into the evening session, last game of the day. It was the Ferret against the Highlander, Johnny Clayton against not so big John Henderson. Um, <laughs> I love that that's his nickname now, or medium sized <laughs> John Henderson. But to be fair, he looks great for it. He looks fantastic. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to stop there either. I, I genuinely think he's, he's got ambitions to lose a bit more as well, but he, he looks fantastic. And you can just see it in his face how much healthier and, and better he looks on the hockey. It, it's great for him. Yeah, no, definitely. The game itself, Johnny in control early on. Hendo comes back, but Clayton gets over the line. Dan? Yeah, I mean, I think first like those two sets when he went two up, he, he, did, he looked completely just... You know, cruise control, Clayton, again, not playing remarkably well, but but just didn't have to. You know, Henderson just wasn't up, wasn't playing at the right level first two sets and, and Clayton didn't have to do anything special to take those to those first two sets. And then, you know, all of a sudden, Henderson starts to get up, you know, he starts to come alive a bit and and, and Clayton looked a little, he, there was a point where he looked a bit flustered and he didn't, you know, he, I think he, I think he got to a point where he was within, a, you know, he was within a leg of the match. And 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 all of a sudden he starts to he's going to have to work for it, you know. It builds sort of up to Hend. I think Henderson had five on the spin, five legs in a row, um, and then it, I think Clayton looked a bit wobbly until he took that one forty out. And when that one forty out, I think he just you know that 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 almost settled his nerves where he just sort of think, oh, do you know what I can like I, I do just need to close this game out. But yeah, first set was great, hundred percent this doubles first set did did exactly what he needed to do, and it looked. It was a spell where, I, I think on the live blog, I, at first I thought it was going to be absolute routine. It was just going to be a 3 nil, another 3 nil for the evening. Then I thought we're going to go all five sets. And in the end, it, it was a bit of a hybrid of what I thought it was going to be, really. Yeah, no, definitely. And again, we're going to hear from Johnny now, and we'll talk about what he has to say. But here's Johnny in his post-match media. Johnny, congratulations. It was an incredible game to watch. What was it like to play in? Yeah, not incredible. Um, <laughs> listen, I don't think any of us played our best. You know, John, definitely not. He's 10 times the player than what he played today. And, you know, I'm just glad I've done my job and I got over the line. When he takes the setback, you're obviously two up and cruising, back to one. Is it panic stations a little bit? Yeah, obviously, because at 2-0 up, I thought, you know, John's just not turned up at all. But all of a sudden, he's got a setback, and I'm thinking, do not let him play, do not let John play, because we all know what good Hendo is. And hey, listen, I had the job done. That's all that counts. I've never seen you so emotional. We have ferret celebrations up there. Is that something you've added to the armory? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> it was just heat of the moment, and no, listen, I'm just chuffed to beat John. He's the nicest guy you'll ever meet, one hell of a dark player, and I'm glad I've done that job. This time last year, when you lost to Stephen Bunning, you said it was one of the lowest moments of your career, just because the way you didn't perform. Did you need that first game back on that stage to get that result out of your system? Yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? It's um, hey, listen, every game's a confidence booster, you know. And you know, I've had my first game, so let's see what happens from now. Hopefully, I relax a bit more. Speaking of next games, obviously Christmas break. Are you staying in the bubble or are you going home? I've not made my mind up, to be honest. Um, probably it's a wise move to stay because, you know, we've all been tested, we're all clear and um, at the end of the day, it might be a, 
the wise thing to stay. I don't know yet. I'm guessing if you did stay, it would be one of the hardest decisions to make, spending Christmas away from your family. Oh, yeah, definitely. It'll, it'll break me, basically. But, um, you know, if that's what I've got to do, that's what I've got to do. You know, it's, it's a massive, it's the biggest tournament that we all play in. And, listen, I'm here to do a job. When are you going to make that decision, boy, obviously? Well, I think about midday tomorrow <laughs> before I get kicked out of my room. But, no, listen, it'll be early tomorrow morning. Johnny, congratulations, and we wish you all the very best in the next one, mate. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Johnny, you touched on the celebrations there. Is that just proof of, of how much this means and the World Championship means to everybody? Oh, yes, definitely. You know, it's, like I say, it's the biggest tournament. Um, nobody wants to lose in whichever tournament you play in. But this is massive. And this is where the big money comes in. And we all want to do well. I want to lift that trophy on January the 1st. Don't end off. We all know you're obviously in and out the, the top 16. You're right on the edge of that. How much would a, a long run in and a long run in this tournament do? That sort of I'd be brilliant because I'm sick of battling with Joe Cullen <laughs> but no to be honest um, yeah listen I'd love to get right up there obviously you know it's, uh, it'd mean a lot Do you think this is the best form that Johnny Clayton's been in going into a world championship for a long time Yeah I think so yeah I think so I think my confidence is high I know I can play you know I've had a good run since the European Championships so hopefully I put my finger out Cheers, mate. What we were talking about earlier, Gob, a man that's got a big decision to make. You can tell by the tone in his voice, this decision he's going to have to make is really going to tear him in two about whether he stays in the bubble or he goes home for Christmas. Yeah, I think so. And he's, he's been faced with decisions for about 18 months now as well because he's been weighing up the, do I do this full time? Do I stick with my job? And there's been mounting almost speculation or pressure from the media. Every, every time Johnny interviews again, why aren't you doing this full time? You're good enough. And now he's, he's got a different decision to make. And I think he might be one of the players that ultimately does risk it and, and, and pops home. It, you can see it means that much to him. Yeah, it's just the, the tone of his voice. You could see it that obviously I'm guessing he's going to have a conversation with, with, his, with his wife tomorrow. But either way, it's... If he stays, it's it's an absolute gut wrencher. If he goes home, he runs the risk. Um, Dan, if you were in this situation, what would you do just out of interest? Ah, it's, you see, being completely honest, um, I, I've I've got to yeah. As being completely honest, I think if I was there now, I think it's a different decision. If you're already home, you know, as to whether you go back, you know, because you, you you're in the moment a bit. I think I'd come home, mate. But again, everyone. It's a very individual decision, isn't it? You know, I've got three kids. Um, you know, I, I, I'd I'd come home and I, and I'd have that. And I and I, but I think there's there's more to it. You know, you can look at them and you can think, all right, well, you know, there's a player there. This is where he sits in the rankings. This is, you know, we can have a chat about whether or not we think he, you know, in brackets, needs the money. Um, you know, and, and but there's other decisions as well. You know, there's 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 some guys there who are, who are let's say at different stages in their careers. You know, there's some younger guys there that, that we all know, you know, they're going to come again. You know, they come in next year, they come in the year after, they come for the next 10 years to, to the World Championship. So the decision as to whether or not they make it back this time is, is, is you know, they're like that as well. There's some other guys that are maybe in a different stage of their career who might not be coming again. They might not have five more World Championships in them. And that might weigh 
into the decision. I mean, I don't think we talked about that yet as to where that might factor in the decision making. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And God, I'm guessing this is an easier decision if you haven't got kids and everything like that that goes with it. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, listening to Dan now, and my situation is completely different. I've, I've just come home for Christmas, but I'm not going to lie, you have to drag me in kicking and screaming as it is. So, if I get the opportunity to go and be a world champion for something, I'll see him in the new year. <laughs> we can we can have some turkey on a different day. Like, if I get the opportunity to be a world champion of anything, the age I am, the, the potential, the chances there, I just think that I'm going to have more Christmases, and this year's been crap enough why not have a, have a crack at it especially with the way that events have been won this year that there's been a lot of talk about would we have seen so many different major winners or, or tv event winners if it wasn't being played under the conditions they are and at this point have a crack at it because if them crowds come back and the guys that are used to dominating the majors get back into that form for the next couple of years you might not get an outside of win this event for the next 10 to 15 years that's a, that's a really interesting point. That you, you know, you see, you sort of think, well, you know, there's there's guys that'll there's guys that'll stay, there's guys that'll go home and come back. But then, you know, what at the moment for anyone that's you know being away from home is 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 an unusual experience, and, and probably more so than, than than ever before. You know, I I spent a long time traveling for work, and you know, it, being away from home at the moment is, is is different to how it's ever been, and and you can't really get much of a read on what that's going to be like. When these guys come back, you know, the guys that stay and they stay in the bubble and they don't go and have Christmas with the family and they're FaceTiming everybody and things like what, how, how in the zone, how, how on the ball are they going to be in those games? And is it going to have, you know, is, does it end up being all for nothing that they, they end up not being able to focus 100% on, on, on what they've stayed to do? Um, everyone's individual, isn't it? It's going to affect everybody slightly different and, and everyone's, um, sort of makeup of what that decision is is different, but I, I, I think it throws the potential out. I think that we could potentially see some very, very strange and interesting results towards the back end of this tournament because there are so many contributing factors that we've just never seen before. Completely agree. Last one we've got to talk about, it seems a long time ago now, but Nick Kenny finally wins a world championship game against Dirk Townacker's. And for a game that was 3-2 and the averages weren't great, I actually quite enjoyed it. It was a strange one to enjoy, Gob. Yeah, it was, but Kenny's had a great year. And I liked his interview afterwards. We're not going to touch on it. Uh, we're not going to play it for you. We can catch it on our YouTube channel. But I liked his interview saying that the PDC is here. This is where I want to be and, and this is where you need to be. And I look at that with a, with a touch of... Irony, because he had the chance a couple of years ago. He finished in the top two on the development tour and opted to stay in the BDA for a couple of years. And it just, it's just curious that now he's making that bold statement and does he perhaps regret not making that move a little bit earlier because he's got the ability, his scoring is fantastic when he's on it and he is a great player. Um, but could we have seen him do this a couple of years ago and be building on that? Maybe so. So, um, yeah, as for the game, like you said, Good game considering the averages and, and the performances of both players. The misses seem to match up with each other and be at the right time. And the pendulum of momentum swang quite a bit as Rod Studd would be cursing me for saying that. Yes, I, I, I completely agree. And I, I think you'll grow in confidence as well in the next 
one down because he was nervous. He's a better scorer than what he showed. But like so many people, that when you haven't won a game without World Championships, you just need to get that monkey off your back. Yeah, I think he was um, when when he won, he won when he when he when he won legs. Oh, sorry, when he won sets, he won well. And and when he had to grind, I just I noticed it sort of the the three sets he won. He won. He took those sets three nil. The two he lost. He lost three two. And and, and I, I I don't know whether I just got the impression that he when when he was feeling really good when he was on top and he was and he was and he was starts to lead those sets. He was able to just like close them out. And he was he was up and he was and he was good like done 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 three legs done next set and then. When he had to fight for it a bit, and when it, when he had to try and grind to close those sets out, um, those were the ones that he lost. Those, you know, those those were the those were the two two sets that he lost three two. And I think that that's just something he needs to maybe just to kick him on in the if, if he's gonna you know if he's gonna go on and do a bit of something that he's gonna want to mean next. Um, and he's probably not gonna get those those opportunities to take legs three 0 against Jermaine Watamina. So he's got, he's gonna have to get that you know, 2-2, two, two, grind it out, dig in and fight for it, I think. Yeah, no, 100% um, agree there that it's it, it's a weird one. And I hope Nick Kenny goes on and proves everyone not wrong, but I hope we see the, the real Nick Kenny because he's a fantastic scorer. He's a big, big scorer um, as, as well. So fingers crossed that we, we, we see the best of him in, in those circumstances. So, gentlemen, out of the seven games, I'd like a performance of the day from you both. And I'm going to come to you first, Gob. Dimitri Gorbanov's dance. <laughs> I'm in love. I'm actually in love. Get the man in Eurovision next year when it's back. Do whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> on the dartboard Ryan Sell he was fantastic nice nice call lots of lots of big shots in pressure moments that just kept Desvan at arm's length and Desvan is very dangerous I've got first hand experience of that before you bring that up so yes uh, <laughs> good win for Ryan Sell for you Dan Matthew Edgar I, I, I think you, you can't hit a 75% check out win 3-0 and not get a performance of the day I think any man that wears a Hulk Hogan themed shirt onto the stage I, yeah he, he was the he was the spark of, of enjoyment that I had you know it, it, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say the game was exciting but I thoroughly enjoyed watching it um, and yeah I, I, don't, I think 75% check out rate you've got to get you've got to get the nod for performance of the day for that so tomorrow only one session at last I get a lie in and yes, I did make the fatal mistake of staying up and watching Canelo and I'm running on a lot of caffeine and sugar today to get through that. But four games for you and four very good looking games, ladies and gentlemen. First up, the Polish Eagle, Christoph Ratajski against Ryan Joyce. Then we have the Hurricane, Kim Hybrex against Ian White. Gob's favourite player, the Iceman, Gerwin Price, taking on Fireball, Jamie Lewis. And then the all-German derby, Gabriel Clement against Nico Kurtz. Gentlemen, out of those games, which ones tickle the taste buds? This time over to you, Dan. Which one do you like the look of most? So, uh, I mean, do you know what? Ratajski and Joyce, I I think I really like the look of that. Um, You know, 
Joyce is a Joyce is a northeast lad. I, I, I'm rooting for for ev everyone that you know everyone that's north of Weatherby Services. I'll root for in 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 any competition, in any sport in the world. So right, but he's, he's doing really well. He's playing he's playing where he's got the potential to make a really really good game out of that. Ratajski also has the potential to completely dominate that and just score outrageously. So I, I think there's. I think the reason I'm attracted to it is I don't really know what's going to happen. I think the other three games, we, we I've sort of got a, you know, I, I think I can predict what's going to happen, whether that's right or wrong. But to me, that, that first game is the most unpredictable. Um, and that's why I really fancy it. Gob, before I ask you for your prediction on that game, I know you're a betting man. The fact that Ratajski, we don't know what we're going to get. Does two to one on Ryan Joyce tempt you? A little, because his finishing is so brutal. I mean, Ratajski's TV form recently hasn't been great. Um, anybody that's ever listened to me talk about the man before knows how much of a fan I am of Christoph Ratajski. I genuinely think he's top 16, top 8 material, will be in the Premier League within 18 months and, and will go on to win a big one. I genuinely think he's that good. Um, but his, his form of late hasn't been great at all. Um, and the fact that we don't know what we're going to get is a little bit of a worry. But back to your game of the day from those four, please. I mean, I wanted to pick the same one because it's my boy. Um, look at number two, Ian White, Kim Hybrex. Ian White's well-documented troubles with TV. Um, let's see how he does it in this one. Slightly different crowd to, again. And after Kim Hybrex's performance the other day, that one could get really tasty. Do we think that Jamie Lewis can roll back the years and produce another Peter Wright performance against Gezi? No. Um, <laughs> do you know what? The way he started the game the other day, not a chance. But this is Jamie Lewis at Ali Pali. And the way he finished that game the other day was ridiculous. Back and I didn't get a chance. Past. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to stay on the pod because it moved on. But actually, after the break, when he went a little bit berserk, it was almost as if he changed his action. And he picked the speed up a little bit and he, he just got the darts out of his hand and got on with it and wasn't thinking about it. And I think that's where he struggled before. The number of players we've seen before that do go through those sort of phases and dips are, are generally overthinking what's going wrong. And the minute he, he just didn't care, he was unbelievable. So if he can take that mentality into Gezi, not get bothered by the screaming and the antics that are going to accompany the performance... I think he's got more of a chance than a lot of people are going to give him tomorrow. That being said, he could still walk off the stage 3-0 and, and win four legs. Do you know what I mean? But there is more of a chance there after the way he finished up performance of the day than there was six weeks ago. I think if he's going to do something, he's got to do it early. Um, I think if he doesn't start fast and, 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 you know, and make it competitive from the off, there's the potential that, 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 that Price just, just, just hammers it. Um, and that it quickly becomes too big a mountain to overcome within, you know, 15 minutes that he could he could be really up against it. No, agreed. Well, for those that haven't listened, head over to Online Darts TV on YouTube and we have all the reaction from every day here at the William Hill World Darts Championship and especially the ones from today that you have missed. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us, Dan on your pod debut gob as always so what did we learn today never underestimate a ferret russians can dance 
Edgar rolls on, and yes, Vincent van der Voort can find an argument and want to bulldoze anyone. I've been Phil Bard. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us here on the Online Darts World Championship Daily, and we will see you tomorrow. Thank you very much. <laughs>